With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, all you crimeaholics. It's your girl, Holly. And today is Monday, which you all know what that means, Missing Monday. For those that are new to the podcast, welcome. Missing Mondays is a segment that was created to help keep missing person's name and information in the media the best we can and to hopefully help aid in their return home. 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. Missing Mondays are something I am very passionate about because when the hype of these missing persons cases dies down and people go on with their normal lives, there is still a family and friends waking up every single day wondering what happened to their loved one. That is why we do what we do here at Crimeaholics. I want these families to know that their loved one is not forgotten to us and our listeners. Their story will continue to be shared and their names will continue to be said. Today's case is one that has been heavily requested nonstop on both TikTok and on our suggestion form for me to cover. This case is several years old now, and it seems like there has been little information and little movement so far on this case. Today's Missing Monday case is on the disappearance of Dulce Alaves. Dulce Maria Alaves was born on April 25, 2014 in Bridgeton, New Jersey to her mother, Noema Alaves Perez. Now, from my understanding, her biological father, whose name is Edgar Perez, wasn't really ever in the picture. Dulce never had a relationship with him, and Edgar actually didn't believe that Dulce was his daughter when she was born. But NBC Philadelphia reported that according to Noema, after Edgar saw Dulce when she got a little bit older. He felt that he could see the strong resemblance between him and her. And at this point, I guess he believed that Dulce was his daughter and said that he was going to fight for custody. Now, whether he did try to fight for custody or not is unknown from what I could find, but Noema was a very young mother. She had Dulce at 14 years old, then her second child, Manuel, just two years later. And both Manuel and Dulce lived with their grandparents in Bridgeton, while Noema lived in an apartment nearby. Noema and her mother were splitting custody of her kids. I'm not 100% sure why this arrangement was what it was, but either way, the kids were taken care of and the grandparents were very involved in their lives. On September 16, 2019, Dulce was an excited and energetic five-year-old who had just started kindergarten at Buckshutham Road Elementary School, and I hope I pronounced that right. If I didn't, 
please forgive me. The day started off as any ordinary day with Dulce attending school that morning. Noemma picked up the kids from school, including her eight-year-old sister. After picking them up from school, Noemma drove to a gas station and allowed each of the kids to pick out an ice cream treat before she took them to a park to play. And all of this was caught on surveillance footage from that gas station. You can see Dulce wearing a yellow t-shirt with an elephant design on the front and black and white pants with a flowery design on them. She also had some little white heeled sandals on. From there, they head to the Bridgeton City Park. When they arrive at the park, Noemma parked her car near the basketball court and both Dulce and her brother got out of the car and ran over to the playground. Now that playground was about 200 feet from where Noemma parked. Noemma's little sister stayed in the car to work on some homework and Noemma sat with her scratching off some lottery tickets that she had just picked up from that gas station. Now, Noemma said that she was watching Dulce, who was five, and Manuel, who was three, playing at the park, and that the majority of the park was within eye view of where she was sitting. I do want to say that there has been a lot of criticism in this case. A lot of people feel that Noemma should have been right there by their sides while they were playing at the park and that she shouldn't have been sitting in the car. And while I know for myself personally, I would have gotten out with my children, I am also known as one of those hovering moms. But I also have myself very immersed, obviously, in the true crime community, true crime world very deeply. I have studied way too many things in depth while in school for my degree about predators. I read, watch, listen to so much bad stuff. I feel that I'm like hyper aware of situations. And again, I would maybe be considered a helicopter mom. But either way, many people criticize Noemma for this choice, and I am sure she deeply regrets it. So we are not going to try and place any kind of blame on anyone here. Noemma likely felt safe because the park didn't have many people there that day, and they were also within eyesight from where Noemma was parked. So again, the majority of this park was all within view from where Noemma was parked near the basketball courts. But there was a swing set that was in one area where she really couldn't see the kids and that was due to this hill that somewhat blocked the view of the swings. At one point, Noemma recalls that for about 5 to 10 minutes, she couldn't see Dulce and Manuel and she assumed this was because they were playing on the swings and all was well. However, after some time had passed and the kids didn't come back into view, Noemma and her little sister got out of the car and headed in the direction of the swings just to check on them. When they approached, they saw Manuel standing there crying with his ice cream on the ground. And at first thought, Noemma thought that he was just crying because he dropped his ice cream, he's three years old, he was upset. But Noemma quickly realized that Dulce wasn't there. And so she asked him, where's your sister? And he pointed towards these buildings that weren't too far off. These buildings are the type of buildings that cities usually have near parks to store equipment such as lawnmowers and other various different things the city needs to maintain the parks. And from these buildings, there's also a path that leads to the street. Now, this park has two entrances, one that Noemma first pulled into and then this area near these buildings. 
I know that some of this may be a little bit difficult to picture in your mind as I explain it, so make sure you're in our Facebook group, Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group, because I will have some pictures of the park and that area so you can kind of get a better understanding of what I am trying to explain. So Manuel says that Dulce was over there, but again, he's three, so he can't really communicate fully on what he saw or what exactly happened. Noema goes over to the utility buildings and starts looking around the area and begins to call out Dulce's name, but she was nowhere to be found. At this point, Noema was just kind of trying to stay calm and not panic and was thinking that maybe Dulce was playing hide and seek. But as the minutes ticked by and Dulce isn't anywhere, Noema decided to call 911. NJ.com shared on YouTube the full clip of the 911 call, and it's about four minutes long. However, I am going to go ahead and play it for you so that you can hear Noema describe everything that happened and what went on in real time. I can't find my daughter. Okay, when was the last time you seen her? We were there at the park and people said that somebody, probably somebody took her. Okay. How old is she? She's five years old. Okay, and what park are you at? Here in Bridgeton Park. Okay, where at in the Bridgeton Park are you? Um, the one with the basketball court where high school is. Okay, so you're at the basketball courts behind the high school? Yes. Okay. And uh, what was she seen last wearing? She was wearing, um, um, give me a second. I don't remember what clothes she was wearing, but she was wearing, I just remember her pants. She was wearing like a flower, flowery pants and some heels, some white heels. Okay. Hi, right, ma'am. Stand the line. I'm going to turn you over to the police, okay? And you said she was five, correct? Yes. All right. Hello, ma'am? Hello. Hi, did you see which direction your child went? No, um, we were in the car. She she came down with my son. They were running to the park, and then me and my sister, we came down. But when we, when we got here at the park, she wasn't here. They, they said that my son was just crying with his ice cream. Because uh, somebody um, threw his ice cream in the floor, and my daughter just ran away. All right. You didn't see anyone else around there that she could possibly have went with? No, not no that I know of. Because we didn't saw no one. There's just some other people that they're here that said that they saw her running, running through um through some houses in the back. And they they said that they saw two per they saw two men. They saw a black guy and. They saw so who's, who's, a Mexican who's saying, man with who's two kids. They, who's saying that they saw them? Because there's people here in the basketball court that they saw her. They said that they saw her running. They're saying that there's people there at the basketball court that they saw her running through some houses with two black males. She's light-skinned Spanish. What color top does she have on? Um, I don't remember. Are you at the basketball court? Yes, I'm right here right now. She's that's affirmed. She says that she's at the basketball court. And do you have your son with you, or is your son? No, I have my son with me. They say um, he was crying when we found him. He was just standing there crying. 
Oh, he was standing there crying. So who? You said that the black males took his ice cream? No, they, um, they threw it in the floor. They had so the, to the, so the two males took his, took his ice cream and threw it on the floor, and then they left with your daughter? Probably, because I didn't saw it. When we okay. came and looked for her, we were looking everywhere for she her. She said that her son was at the basketball court with her daughter, that there was two black males that took her son's ice cream and threw it on the ground and left with her daughter. Okay, well, we have the officers. Are you on Mayor Aiken? Um, I already have an officer here. Okay. All right, we'll speak with the police, ma'am, okay? Okay. As you can hear at the beginning of the call, Noema is struggling to hold her composure and give the details the best that she can to the dispatcher. In the call, we also heard that Noema stated some girls at the basketball court had seen two individuals, one being a black male and the other a Hispanic male in the area. According to Philly Voice, it would later come out that there was a red van with tented windows that pulled up outside of those utility buildings sometime around 4.20 p.m., which this van was seen pulling up as Dulce was running towards the direction of those buildings. It's believed that potentially one of these individuals led Dulce directly to the red van. The description that was released of one of the men was that he was a light-skinned man between 5'6 and 5'8, and the man was described as having a thin build, no facial hair, and that he had acne on his face. He was said to have been wearing orange sneakers, red pants, and a black shirt. So police arrived on scene, and they also did a ground search and found nothing belonging to Dulce. They also were able to obtain some security footage from the area, and she was not on any of those cameras. Authorities also brought in trained dogs to attempt to track her scent, but that led to nowhere. The following day, after more searches and interviews were conducted, authorities sent out an Amber Alert at around 10 p.m. Noema felt really off about everything. She had always taught Dulce to never talk to strangers, and if someone ever tried to take her, to scream. She said that Dulce was a very smart little girl and knew the dangers of strangers, and that she wasn't the type to just willingly leave with someone. The Bridgeton community really rallied together when they heard of this missing five-year-old girl, and they came out to help search the park, which is a pretty big park that is surrounded by some trees. Two days after Dulce went missing, they held a vigil that was held at that park to continue to bring awareness to her case. The turnout once more was absolutely incredible. The community really came together to pray and show their support for Dulce and her family. Posters were hung all over Bridgeton, and there wasn't a single person in that town that didn't know Dulce's name and her face. On September 19th, Dulce's family went to the media to make a public plea for her safe return, and they also announced a $20,000 reward for information. The grandmother in her public plea also told the community that if you have information, do not be afraid of the police. 
Now, from what I have learned, this area has a lot of undocumented immigrants, and they also announced at this time that if one of these undocumented immigrants came forward with information, they would be protected from being reported to ICE. I guess this is something that a lot of people really fear if they have information and they are not a documented immigrant that they are going to be turned over they're going to be deported and so the authorities reassured everybody that this was not the case they wanted to bring dulce home they wanted to find her safely and they were not concerned on whether you were legally here or not They thought that giving this protection to someone if they wanted to come forward would cause somebody to come forward at that point, but nobody did. And honestly, this is about where the case kind of still stands to this day, and it's been nearly three years. As we see with a lot of missing persons cases and murder cases, the online community, and even those within the local communities, can really get nasty towards families, and it's very unfortunate. Fingers get pointed, names get drugged through the mud, and rumors upon rumors are spread. A lot of people really started looking at Noema and placing blame on her for her actions and sometimes lack of emotions. People felt that something wasn't adding up and that Noema was very suspicious. Again, as I mentioned earlier, Noema allowed Dulce, who was five, and her little brother, who was three, to run off some distance to go play at this park alone. Many people felt like this was just absolutely awful and just said a lot of really nasty things about the whole entire ordeal. And once more, I know that I myself wouldn't have done this. However, some people are different, and Noema felt very comfortable with doing that. People were also pointing the finger at Noema when they felt like she wasn't showing the proper emotions that a mother of a missing child should show. I will say that being an outsider that's never dealt with this kind of thing, it's easy to say what we would do or wouldn't do and how we would act and not act. But until we've actually lived it, We truly do not know what we would do when we are living with that shock every single day. Of course, there is always the possibility that Noema was involved in her daughter's disappearance. Many people speculate that she had sold Dulce into human trafficking. And while this sounds absolutely absurd to think of a parent doing this to their child, sadly, it is something that has happened in this sick world. Dr. Phil had Noema on his show, which I will include those links in the description of this episode so you can watch them for yourself, but he asks her many questions about why the police at one point thought she or someone in her family was involved. Noema said that it was because she doesn't cry publicly. And as we know, there's whole units that are dedicated to behavior analysis. So authorities were also leery of Noema's actions and behavior and her lack of emotion. Noema tells Dr. Phil that she doesn't know why she doesn't cry in front of people and that she doesn't even do it in front of her own parents. And again, I think that sometimes we just assume people should act in a certain way, but not everyone is the same. Dr. Phil asks Noema also if she took a polygraph test, which she said that she did, and he asked what the results were. And she states that they never told her what her results were. So I'm going to assume since nothing has ever been publicly released, she wasn't told. I'm going to assume 
that she passed, but again, that's just an assumption, not 100% fact. The entire interview with Dr. Phil, Noema is just very numb and emotionless. Her answers are short, and they all deny any kind of involvement. There has also been a lot of people that analyze Noema and things that she did during the search efforts for her daughter. One thing that people point fingers and talk about is the fact that during one of these mini searches for Dulce, Noema was seen eating pizza. And there are people that are trash talking her saying how could she be eating at a time like this? She should be focusing on her missing child, not feeding her face. But I will say that Noema was pregnant during the search for her daughter and she likely had people in her corner encouraging her to still take care of herself to make sure she's eating because she needed to think about her unborn child as well. This also had allegedly taken place a full day after Dulce went missing and this was said to have been the first thing that Noema had ate within a 24-hour period. Take all of these things for what you will. I will let you guys form your own opinions on Noema and how she acts, but I do want to hear your thoughts and opinions on this topic because I know there's going to be a lot of mixed emotions and feelings. The next theory that police had was that potentially someone that the family knew could have taken Dulce. As we see in a lot of cases, the person responsible for murders or abductions of children are someone sometimes that are actually close to the family or known to the victim. However, authorities came up empty-handed with potential suspects that was known to the family. As the days went on and Dulce didn't turn up, the reward money just kept on growing. It started out as $20,000 and as of today, September 5th, 2022, so again, almost three years since Dulce went missing, the reward is now at $75,000. There is also a sketch that has been released of a man with whom police want to speak with in connection to this case. It hasn't been said exactly where they got the information about this man or if he was just who witnesses saw in the area, but this man has yet to be located and identified. Since Dulce went missing, there has been billboards put up around the area to bring awareness to her case and to keep her face fresh in people's minds. The FBI also added Dulce to their most wanted list of kidnapped or missing children. Now, as theories goes, I went over the theory about Noema being involved, but you do have to consider all possible options here. This very well could have been an opportunistic kidnapping. Someone could have seen the children alone and decided at that moment to strike. Someone could have been waiting at a park hoping for the opportunity to take a kid and Dulce was there without supervision. A lot of people wonder why would they have left Dulce's brother and not taken him too. Abducting two kids at once seems like quite a task, especially if there was only one person who did this. There's also the possibility that they were only wanting a little girl and not a little boy. I know it was mentioned earlier that a black man and a Hispanic man were seen in the area, but it doesn't mean that they actually both were involved. The girls on the basketball court saw Dulce running, but they didn't hear anything. Dulce was raised to scream or fight if she was being abducted. So maybe someone covered her mouth or perhaps they lured her with something that they had promised her or said was in the car. There's also the possibility again that whoever took Dulce was known to her. Maybe that is why she possibly went willingly with someone or why she didn't scream if taken. 
People speculated that her biological father was involved in her abduction since he at one point threatened to fight for custody. But he was thoroughly looked into and the FBI ruled that he wasn't involved in any kind of way. In March of 2020, People.com reported that some cryptic letters about Dulce had turned up. And this is what's really odd. These letters and postcards were sent to random locations including a local library, an ice cream shop, and a few other locations. These letters were also postmarked from various different locations as well. Now, some of these letters didn't make sense at all and couldn't really be read. But one of them that was sent to a race course talked about police needing to search a nearby wooded area by a truck stop in Weathersfield, Ohio. The police took this seriously and went to the 76 truck stop to do a ground search that included canines. Nothing was found, but a few days later, the letter to the ice cream shop showed up and it specifically mentioned Dulce by name. These letters, of course, could be phony and mean absolutely nothing. This could be a disgusting and cruel trick that someone is trying to play, but I am happy that investigators are taking them seriously and thoroughly looking into them. And they are doing what they can to follow up on anything and all tips that come in. But it is now 2022, and as far as I know, nothing more of these letters have came about, nor has any new information about Dulce's case. Every year on her birthday, her family holds a vigil to celebrate her birthday, and they're holding out hope that someday they will get answers and that Dulce will finally be brought home. As I have said multiple times, we are rapidly approaching the three-year anniversary since Dulce disappeared. Dulce is a Hispanic female, and she was just five years old at the time of her disappearance. When she was last seen, she was three foot five and weighed somewhere between 60 and 70 pounds. She was last seen wearing a yellow t-shirt with an elephant design on the front, black and white checkered pants with flowers on them, and white-heeled sandals. Dulce has black hair and brown eyes. If Dulce is still alive today, she would now be 8 years old. If you or anyone you know has information about Dulce's disappearance, you can contact the Bridgeton Police Department at 856-451-0033. Or you can contact the FBI at 1-800-225-5324. Crimeaholics, I know I mentioned it earlier, but if you're not already a part of our private Facebook group, make sure you join by searching Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group. In there, we share all information and pictures pertaining to the cases that we cover, and we also encourage all of our members to share all things true crime. I also want to hear in the group what your thoughts are on this case and if this was a random abduction or something more. Also, make sure that you follow us on Instagram at crimeaholics.podcast. And if you want more true crime content, you can follow me on TikTok at crimeaholics.podcast. And lastly, if you wish to follow myself personally, you can find me on Instagram at crimeaholly. Crimeaholics, that is all for this week's Missing Monday. I will be back on Friday with another murder case to share with you. Until then, be aware and take care. 